Crozier. My sister cousin, Kate Trogger, I call her KDD, is on the podcast for this episode and she is very pregnant due in early October. So if you hear a lot of (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) that's because that's just how pregnant women breathe. So accept it and go with the flow. But anyway, I'm failing at breathing right now. It's okay. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming on to my new Failing Awesomely podcast. I'm so honored to be one of your first failures that you talked to. (laughs) Yeah, that's another awkward conversation to have, which is why I picked you first. Because it's a little less awkward to ask someone who you know loves you unconditionally forever and ever and ever. Amen. And who... I've known my whole life. Yes. So when I knew I wanted to approach somebody to interview, I'm like, hmm, who can I say to, hey, I am starting this new podcast. It's called Failing Awesomely. And I think you would be a perfect person to have on to interview. As I said, honored. (laughs) Honored. (laughs) I love you. You're great. I love you too. Hi, friends. I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the Failing Awesomely podcast. I'm Lindsay Garcia, and I have a desire to share my stories of failure. Yes, failure in business, motherhood, relationships, and while chasing big, big dreams. To say I've taken a lot of risks in my life would be an understatement. Here's the thing. In every failed attempt, there are multiple lessons to be learned, and coming out on top is not only possible, but I can almost guarantee it. Hey, if you fail, that's okay. Learn from it and turn it into something awesome. But welcome to anybody who's tuning in. Thank you so much for um, listening. I just, that's amazing, and I appreciate it. Um, Kate, I think that you deserve something you're very deserving of something oh boy the best attitude ever award wow yeah you deserve it because you my sister cousin and we call each other sister cousin because we're more like sisters than cousins right i think that's kind of a given but just just to clarify they'll catch on they're smart for the ones in the back um i I admire you so much because no matter what kind of day you're having, and you can have some rough days with what you do, with what your profession as a hospice nurse, um, you are, I'm, I'm going to say it creepily positive almost with your attitude just about life. And even if you're having an off day, you're kind of like, well, you know, it's not going that great, but (laughs) It's fine and it's going to be fine. And I just, I admire that so much about you. And every time I'm on the phone with you, I'm just like, I need to get it together (laughs) because I need to have a better attitude and outlook on my life today. I'm, I, I I have it good. I like, I'm good. Yeah. I might be upset that my pants got wet because my son spilled milk all over it, but it's not that bad. Now, do I need to go to the cliche on that one? What? There's no sense in crying over spilled milk. <laughs> no, seriously, I think sh- I think that part of why when I'm having a really bad day or when I'm facing something that's really hard, part of why I can still be positive 
is a little bit of that compartmentalizing kind of skill, I guess you could say. That I it's mean, it's something that you have to practice at. It's not something that always comes naturally. No, so. it definitely does not. I have the hardest time with it. The hardest. But it, it and I think, I, I think I don't think you're alone. I think most people have a really hard time. Not, and I don't want to say just letting something go because it's not that simple because I'm, I'm not always letting it go. No. Um, but just putting things to the side so that you can deal with what's in front of you. Even if it's something as simple as, for example, earlier today, I was on my way home from work. I had a really rough day. I was upset about something. And there was a gorgeous sunset in front of me. Mm. And I put how I was feeling. I mean, I had been in tears full disclosure <laughs> like a few minutes before that well you are an emotional person which we'll get emotional. to we'll get to that in a little bit but you're also very pregnant I am so which, emotional and hormonal it's an interesting combo <laughs> my poor it's husband awesome. um but yeah so no but I was able to put that to the side just for in that moment appreciating that beauty yeah and I think it's little things like that or if someone calls you know, they're not responsible for my bad day, most likely. <laughs> and putting that to the side and being able to say, hey, how you doing? Now, part of that is I have to do that for work. You know, I have to go from one patient who might be having an awful situation to another patient who maybe they're having a good day. I certainly don't want to ruin their good day. No, it's so, so true. I never looked at it that way. But to... It's such an amazing trait, though, to be able to have a conversation with somebody and say, okay, I'm not going to pour in my bad day that has nothing to do with them onto them. That's really hard. Like, not a lot of people can do that. Well, and again, it it definitely, definitely takes practice. It really, it really does. There's a lot of talk about mindfulness lately, just mm. out in the world yep it's kind of a a a catchphrase or a, a buzzword lately I like that buzzword but if you look into that there's a lot of truth to it and it really all it has to do with is being more aware of how you feel Mm -hmm. and how you relate to what's around you and anybody who has a chance to take a mindfulness class <laughs> or, you know. Because you have, right? I have. I have through work. It wasn't mandatory or anything like that. But it was. But that's awesome. Something that was offered. And I actually signed up a second time. Oh, cool. Unfortunately, the class was already full the second time I, I signed oh, up. Oh, no. And the third time is coming up in October. So yep, no. baby will be here. So that's not going to work. <laughs> but. You'll um, be a little busy. It, it really. It really can kind of alter how you look at things. Mm -hmm. And it's not about, again, it's not about being bulletproof. It's not about going through life, not having things bother you. It's about letting things bother you, but responding in a healthy way. Easier said than done. And I'm so thankful (laughs) that you can do it. Because when I think of your life, because I've known you my whole life, and we're just a few years apart. So, you know, you were three. Not not that old. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I know, you know, you got married really young. You went through a divorce. And 
after your divorce, you weren't even a nurse at the time after you, your divorce is when you went to nursing school yeah. and became a hospice nurse, which I think the story of why you wanted to be a hospice nurse is so amazing. And we'll tap into that a little bit. You lost your dad, my uncle Dunny, which is what we called him. <laughs> um, Two days after you got married to your husband now, yes. Dougie. <laughs> I'm not going to say the nickname I call him because no one's going to understand. <laughs> and that will take way too long to explain. We'll have You'll have to have him on when people are... Oh, good Lord. Not going to be so scared away. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I really would love to have him on, but that... he, I could just give him a microphone for you to take home and equipment to record. And I would just be like, can you just record five... Five episodes. Of you he just is talking. a one man show for sure. My goodness, that man yeah. is hilarious and very insightful too. He has his moments. He does. He's more insightful than he realizes sometimes. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say that. I don't think he knows how insightful he yeah. is, but he truly is. We love Doug. We do. Um, but yeah, then two days later, yeah, your dad passed away from cancer that he had been battling for sixteen years. Sixteen years. I thought yeah. so. And that's been now, will it be oh, five years? Oh, it will years? be five years in October. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And also, now we know there's a happy ending to this because you are very pregnant, about to have a baby. Yep. In how many weeks? Uh, a little more Roughly. than six. A little more than six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you tried. Uh, well, about six. I mean, mm. yeah. It's Wednesday. Give or take, because who Friday. really knows when. As of Friday, it's six. Oh, I love this. <laughs> um, and actually, by the time I even probably post this podcast, the baby most will likely will have already had the baby. If I um, didn't, we have problems. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, you tried for a really long time. Four and a half years. Four and a half years. Yeah. And you didn't go through IVF. Nope. You didn't go through you you had some doctor's appointments well but I, I sort of failed at attempting <laughs> the discussion <laughs> of IVF <laughs> but thankfully the Lord had other plans so and I love that and yeah. so so grateful for that yes. and it was the happiest news ever earlier this year yes to find out that you're pregnant yeah and we don't know what it is we don't know what it is so it's either a boy or a girl that, we know that, that that's the rumor but um, I've been told it's not a squid. Well, good. That's, you know, positive. See? Um, but yeah, but just just in those few things, naming off some obstacles that you've overcome and in everything, obviously, I know you and you've also called me crying before. So it's not like every <laughs> single time we have talked on the phone, you've just been so bubbly and lighthearted and positive. But I'm just saying for someone who has gone through some tough stuff you have such a beautiful outlook and you can be such a beautiful person to others and how you speak to them and how you even talk about a bad day that makes I I know when I talk to you I'm instantly like everything's fine <laughs> we're good so I I want you to tell the story of how you got into hospice nursing well, it was it was a bit of a combination. You did mention that it was after my divorce. Correct. So part of it was the practical side. Um, 
And you know that I never give you a straight answer on any question you ever ask me. So (laughs) here we go. No, but part of it was a practical side that I wanted to do the job I was in. I I was interested in. It was in the sciences. I worked in a laboratory. Um, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of room for growth in that for me. And I didn't feel like there was in that particular job, not necessarily career, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of financial stability. And Mm. I found myself on my own after my divorce. So what I was basically trying to do was figure out where to go with my love of science, Mm -hmm. my love of helping people. Um, I kind of put those two things together and I came up with nursing as an idea of something that I would want to pursue. Also part of that was I took a a CPR class that they just happened to offer at my job. Yeah. (laughs) And after taking that class, again, the, the desire to help people is what spurred me to take it in the first place. Mm-hmm. But the, um, how can I say it? The, the curiosity of what comes next, you know, you, you have somebody that you, you're able to help in the moment, in that crisis moment. And yeah. then they whisk them away to the hospital, ideally. What comes next is kind of where I was at with that. But what really put me on the path to nursing and what solidified it was that the nurse that took care of our grandmother, our mom, mm-hmm. um, wonderful woman, <laughs> wonderful, absolutely wonderful woman, as was her nurse. She had a hospice nurse when she had lung cancer. And um, that nurse was just, she definitely left an impression. She really had it together. She knew what she was doing. You know, she was able to come in and identify a problem and come up with a solution and speak so confidently to the other professionals that she was dealing with, usually on the phone or what have you. But that was, that was an inspiration to me and to know the impact that she had on our family and how much the whole organization had really helped our family. Yes. Um, It was actually, I think about two, no, it was actually, four years later or more that I actually decided to, to go into nursing, to go into nursing school. That's awesome. So, um, it really stuck with me. Unfortunately, I never got to tell her how she I knew. felt. Um, she actually passed away. Oh, wait, before I started I working at hospice. I thought you were talking about mama. I didn't No, No, I'm talking about the nurse who inspired oh. that whole situation. I didn't know she passed amazing. away. Yep. Oh, Yep. Now, I mean, I was 19 when my mom passed away. So yeah. I actually, that was before I got married. That mm-hmm. was before I got the job at the lab. That was before a lot of things. And that still left an impact for the decision-making part of things years later. So. Wow, that's really great. Even though she passed and you didn't get to tell her mm-hmm. how much of an impact she had. That's really, really awesome. And obviously, I think a lot of people leave a legacy Mm -hmm. and they don't know it absolutely and it's that's just a really cool thing um and it's kind of cool to know like if you because sometimes I think we when you're doing something like hospice nursing you've got to know to an extent that you're making an impact but it might not be projected onto you in an obvious way so it's not something you feel day to day. You have your yes. moments. 
I think anyone who's in a service kind of oriented field or, you know, in a role of caregiving, you have your moments. Mm-hmm. I think even as a mother from everybody I've talked to, you know, you have your moments where you're oh, like, yeah. wow, this was like a really cool moment with my kid where I really felt like they were appreciating what I did or something I, I taught to them or was trying to teach to them. Yep. I wasn't sure whether or not they were listening. It actually clicked because they just said, you know, kind of said it back to you or or did something that mm-hmm. made you realize that it was really clicking. It's, I mean, we, we have our moments where we feel like, okay, I kind of made a breakthrough today. But it's certainly not all the time. The day-to-day is where those failures come in, is yes. where you feel like you're kind of fighting an uphill battle. And that's, that's the tough part, to get through all of those uphill battles, to get through all of those failure moments, if you want to call those that, them that, um, to get to the point where you realize what you've learned or what you've accomplished by kind of trudging on (laughs) yes even in the little failures we also make little impact Mm -hmm. and that builds well and it's also I mean sometimes it's more personal too it doesn't really have to do with how we're affecting others it has to do with what we're learning ourselves true so with the whole good point the whole failure aspect of life whether we want to admit it or not none of us are going through even a single day without something failing definitely every single day you know, something doesn't go as planned or we sometimes we really mess up. <laughs> I think the important part is to, you know, admit if you're the one who made it mess up. Mm-hmm. There are certain times when it's circumstances beyond your control. So be it. It's life. You still learn something from it. Absolutely. But regardless, you know, just be honest about what happened. Mostly for yourself and then you can be honest with others. And, and just taking that and learning from it. It's the, the only good thing that you can do to come out of it. Because otherwise you are going to get bogged down in it. And I think that's the other part too, is that I'm, I'm trying to move forward always. Good. So it's working for you. It's, it's, some days are, some days I move a little forward, <laughs> a little further forward than others, but it's, um, I think as long as that's where you're focused, you're. The day's not a total loss. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you. Do you think that you would have gone to nursing school if you would have stayed married? Probably not. So to look at something like a marriage failing Mm -hmm. and it turned into... What could be part of your legacy? Your legacy will also be your your child, mm-hmm. your marriage, what that shows to the world, even in a very small way, right. what that shows to your child. Um, but if you, if that marriage wouldn't have ended and you might not be here and def- if you would have never brought Doug into my life, I just, <laughs> I don't know where I would be. So thank you for that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy when you go down that rabbit hole and not that we always go down this rabbit hole, but because we're talking about sure. your story to, to go back there and think of it that way. 
it all intertwines in the way that God has shaped our lives where we don't have answers in the moment and then we get them. Well, and, and honestly, and I, I believe that wholeheartedly. I, I think that, you know, God has a plan for us. I do believe that. Um, I believe that we're not always all that good at listening <laughs> to no. him about what our plan, what his plan for us is. So, you know, if, if one could say that his plan was for me to find Doug and have this baby and have our family, I have two beautiful stepdaughters as well. Love them. Um, I, oh, they're wonderful. <laughs> but, you know, I thought that for my time frame, my timeline, I wanted to be married early. I wanted to have babies young. Mm-hmm. I got married when I was 20. Yes, you did. I thought I would have my first baby around... Oh, 22, 23, and keep going. Yep. I'm 37 years old and I'm having my first child. You know, my life has not definitely not taken the path that I thought it would when I was in high school and thought I had it all figured out. <laughs> There's a fun one to cover with your kids. Um, golly, because I, I don't know anyone who can say I'm exactly where I thought I would, would have been. I don't think any five to 10 years ago. I don't, yeah, I don't care what your plan is. I don't care how well it worked out. Mm -mm. Some aspect of your life, it has deviated from what you thought you should be doing. Definitely for the better, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. And And if not, there's never not enough time to change it around. We have free will. That's the beautiful part of it. The Lord, if he has something set for us to do, it'll happen. But how we get there is our choice. Yep. It's just uh, Jonah is one of my favorite books. Ah, absolutely love it because God told him to go to Nineveh, and he basically said no. I'm giving the the abridged version for anyone who's not familiar with the story. <laughs> Big whale, I know most people know that part, but yep. but the part the whole point of it is that God told him to go to Nineveh to preach the gospel, and Jonah got scared mm-hmm. and thought that he could hide on a boat. <laughs> so God sent a storm. People figured out that Jonah was the reason that the storm was there and threw him overboard. Threw him off. That's yep. how he got in, involved with that whale. So <laughs> he ended up in Nineveh. Yes, he did. <laughs> he took the hard way. He took the very hard way. So Jonah, I feel like Jonah and I have a few things in common sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes I feel like I've, I've gone not in a bad direction per se, not, not in from a human perspective anyway, I haven't gone in a bad direction, but it definitely wasn't the right direction for my life. And thankfully God has a way of redirecting us back onto the right path. Yes. He whale or no whale. Amen. Sister. (laughs) I totally, totally agree. Uh, Now let's talk about death. Okay. We're going to totally redirect it because I, well, I guess not, because when you talk about God, there's well, we're talking death about Jonah. He died, so well, true. You don't, you don't survive. You, you don't survive three days in the belly of a whale. <laughs> God can bring you back. <laughs> and there we have it. And full if, you, circle if you heard a bump, already. I apologize. That was my belly hitting a microphone. It happens. Oh, I think that's cute. I will keep that. <laughs> um, but being a hospice nurse specifically. I always am mind boggled by the fact that you can embrace death so well. And I mean, 
don't get me wrong. I do think as a Christian woman there or a Christian period, I don't just mean Christian woman, but a Christian period, we accept death in a different way. Some of us, not all of us. Some of us are still very fearful of it. Yeah. But um, just for me, me, for example, I have never been and still am not fearful of my own death. I'm like, God could take me whenever he wants. That's fine. I don't care how it happens. Cool. I, it'll, you know, when it ends, I'll be in in glory, whatever. But I, um, ever since I had kids, I'm terrified, terrified of something happening to them. Mm -hmm. And the only way I've actually sort of been able to redirect that a little bit lately because I started praying differently. And the way I pray now, I used to pray, and sometimes I still do because, you know, I need trained, um, need practice. But sometimes my prayer used to be, God, please don't let anything happen to my boys. Please keep them healthy. Please don't let them get into an accident. Like if they're in the car with their dad, I'm like, please, Lord, keep them safe. Please, Lord, keep them safe. Don't let anything happen to them. And now my prayer is, thank you, Lord, for protecting them. Thank you, Lord, for being with them. I trust your will mm-hmm. for their life. They are yours. They are not mine. And it's a hard pill to swallow when I pray that way, but it helps. Mm-hmm. It really does help get through that worry of, I mean, I don't mean to be morbid, but death. that's what I'm worried about you know if they break their arm that's gonna suck but it could be fixed it's gonna be fine they're just gonna cry and be in pain for a little while and I don't want that for my child either but that's I'm all right with that I can handle that it's the fact that just because God loves me and God loves my child doesn't mean that he's not gonna bring him home right and not bring me home right yet that's tough well, and it's funny because what you were saying initially about that, the whole, you know, not being afraid of it, you can take me whenever. I think as as a person of faith, it's really easy for us. To, it, it, I hate to say the word easy because it sounds so flippant and I don't mean it that way. But I think a lot of us find it, um, we're sort of trying to say the right thing to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, yeah, sure, I'm fine. Like, if I get to go home, I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. Yep. You know, any time, any place, whatever. When you get the diagnosis, oh, that changes. I'm I'm so, sure. <laughs> and I think, I mean, I think it's it's actually some sort of one of those blessings of ignorance that mm-hmm. we that we don't know. Because can I mean, can you imagine actually going around thinking about your own mortality all the time? No, I would never want to Nobody, know. I mean, I don't think anybody would have the mental fortitude to do that. They just wouldn't. So I think that's one of the blessings is that we have the distractions of the, both the joys and, and, the, and the failures of life. Yes. Um, I, I really do think that they can be blessings, but it definitely... It's a whole different perspective when you're talking about your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a tiny little taste of that so far just because I've had moments throughout this pregnancy that were very scary. Yes. And I love this little kid <laughs> so much 
even before I've had a chance to, to meet them. Yep. Um, so it's, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare my experiences to someone who has held their child and, oh, and no, all no, no, that. Oh, no, 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 It's, but it's, it's al- the same it, since conception. Well, but it's also, it's a little different too when, I mean, I talked about my stepdaughters before. I love them like crazy. Mm-hmm. The first time that my oldest drove off with my youngest <laughs> in the car and I was like, call us when you get home. I mean, oh my goodness. Oh, terrifying. It, yeah. It really was. Terrifying. And and talk about you know praying that nothing happens. It's it's a it's it's such a natural thing if you are a person of faith to pray for things that are in a, in essence a little selfish. Please don't let them or me go through that. Yes. And I just I admire that so much that you that you pray that well, way because it really is though it's honoring the Lord's will when it's against what you humanly would want what you in the flesh would want exactly that is a really hard place to get to it is but I had to accept it to get to a place of this is consuming me yeah to the point where they were fleeting but I thought about what if my kids die daily yeah daily and I don't anymore good and this is very recent like this has been within the last month so I still will have the occasional fleeting moment. Well, I think the occasional is normal. Yes. Yes. But it was a daily thought at some point, what if God would take my kids? Like, what if they, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to say the specifics because I, I still, I'm. Well, there's a million different versions that can go through your well, head exactly. when you're in that frame and of I, mind. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Right. But um, you name it, I've thought it. Mm-hmm. So, and I hope I'm not alone in that. I don't highly you know. doubt that you're alone in that. <laughs> hey, morbid mothers out there, yeah. message me. <laughs> um, but when I really accepted it was when I think I was reading a devotional and it just flat out said, your story still has yet to be told and lived out, but it is done mm-hmm. because it is finished. Yep. And I know that as a Christian. And, but for some reason reading it like that, like that plain and simple, I'm like, it's already decided. And, and honestly, you said, you know, you don't know how I deal with death and with mm-hmm. all, all of the many things that I've been through. I, I am a little bit, fatalistic I suppose in my outlook um again not that I don't think that we have I I don't think that we don't have control over our lives you know your choices are are the deciding factor on the path yes that we have free will as wherever you're supposed to be yeah right but if you accept that the Lord is in control Mm -hmm. and that what will be will be it allows you to rest in that it True. allows you to rest in what the Lord has prepared for you, mm-hmm. which, again, may seem awful in the moment, may seem tragic, or just may seem disappointing. <laughs> it depends. I mean, sometimes there's the little things, too. We don't have to go the whole way straight to someone in our life died and experiencing that loss. You know, people grieve, and they don't know they don't recognize it as grief, but people grieve 
the loss of so many things in their lives as life moves forward. Yep. And it could be the loss of a job. It could be the loss of a friendship. It could be the loss of a goal that you thought was really important to you where the door just kind of gets closed. Um, if you if you have the faith to trust that the Lord, ha- it's part of a bigger plan mm-hmm. and that you just need to walk that path, it, it really can give you an inner peace. Definitely. Do you think there is any other trait that maybe it's a gift God gave you or just how you've always been? Do you, do you think, because I, I think this, I think that you just naturally handle death differently. And maybe there was an experience you had when you were little and that's why, or, okay. Yeah. Elaborate because your eyes went up. I mean, well, the whole, you know, I think we are ultimately, we're shaped by the people around us who influence us and we're shaped by our experiences. Um, we're, we're shaped by whatever we are taking in. So part of that is that it is my Christian faith. It's the fact that I started studying the word, not just reading it, but studying it at a very young age. I think it was about nine years old when I started attending adult Bible study with my parents. It's awesome. 99% of what they were talking about went right over my head, <laughs> but I was hearing it. The other thing, when it comes to the death piece, my mother, God love her, never once sugarcoated, lied, tried to cover up anything about death for me, ever. When my fish died, it died. (laughs) When my hamster died, it died. They didn't go to a farm. It didn't go to a farm. (laughs) Now, we had a little funeral for Jasper. Oh, my goodness. Um, I mean, I went to pick up my hamster one day. And I went to pet him and pick him up, and he was cold and he was hard. Mm. And I was maybe four. Aww. Um, when I said, Mommy, something's wrong, she came over and looked, and she didn't say, Oh, he's sleeping, which is the worst thing. Just if anyone is going through a loss, please know I volunteer with kids too <laughs> who are grieving. The worst thing you can do is tell them that somebody is sleeping. Or that death is like falling asleep. It Mm. is a different thing. You do not want your child to be afraid to go to sleep. (laughs) No. I didn't even go there, but that's so... Kids do. (laughs) So if there's just one little piece, snippet, if you're going through through a grieving process and you have kids... Don't say they're just sleeping. Don't say that they're just sleeping or it's like sleep. But my mom was very honest with me about it. And she acknowledged it. It wasn't that it wasn't important to me. She acknowledged that it was important to me. She acknowledged that it was a loss, that it was sad... We went out and we picked flowers and we put Jasper in a shoebox and sort of decorated for him. And we had a little burial. Aww. That's so, so there's good. a little hamster skeleton in somebody's backyard right now. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Um, my mom was also a wildlife rehabilitator um, at the time. So I saw a lot of little baby animals come in that we were hoping. They were so cute. And we were really hoping that we would help them and make them strong and have them go out into the world, and that didn't always happen. And if something died, she was honest about it. Now, before that, and there had to have been some lessons before that, I would imagine, because I have memories the whole way back to when I was two years old. 
which is not normal for everybody. No, it definitely is. I'm definitely a weird person. Sorry, folks. But I do. I have memories from back when I was two years old. Our pop up. He passed away when when I was two. So it was before Lindsay. BL. Yeah. Almost exactly a year before. Almost exactly a year. Yeah. Um, So when he died, now I didn't go up to see him. I wanted to. I wasn't allowed to. And I thought, I don't know why. (laughs) This is my my current interpretation of my two-year-old thoughts. Uh Because I think that our thoughts are more complex than what we can describe when we're very little. Uh, Definitely. But my whole thing was, I know what death is. Why won't they let me see him? I know that he's I know that he's not going to talk to me. I know he's not awake. Like, this is what I was thinking at two years old. Why won't they let me see him? But that was too scary. I want to call you something <laughs> that I can't. <laughs> Don't swear on, <laughs> on the podcast, Lindsay. <laughs> we have pet names for each other. They're not all appropriate. Um, but again, it, at the very least, I they were... Everybody was honest with me about what happened. And I've had, honestly, between the multitude of animals that I've had in my life, and which I know people think it's not the same, and it's not. Well, it's loss. But it is and loss. It's death. And I think, honestly, again, for adjustment purposes, I think one of the best things you can do for a kid, even if it's just a fish, I know some people can't have pets because of certain rules with where they live. Even if it's just a goldfish, having a pet for a child teaches them responsibility. Even if you're doing it with them because they can't really take on that responsibility yet. But it teaches them responsibility. And ultimately, eventually, it teaches them, if you, if you do it right, how to positively cope yep. with loss. Definitely. No, it definitely does. You also are... A very healthy emotional person. You, I cry every day. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she's not exaggerating. I'm really not. I think you let out a cry. It might not be like a heaping, bawling cry. But oh heavens, no! Nobody has that kind of energy. Yeah. <laughs> but you cry just about every day. And I wouldn't say it's every day, but most there's most days where I get either frustrated <laughs> or or just upset about something um do you yeah. think that helps you deal with it and because I do think that sometimes because I don't cry every day so when I do sometimes it will have been weeks mm-hmm. since I last cried and I might not feel completely better 100% emotionally about the situation, whatever I'm crying about. And I might sometimes crying physically makes you actually feel worse. Absolutely. But there is a release when you cry and there is a healing even a little bit when you cry. I, I think it's less about the crying, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Some people are criers. Some aren't. I yes. am. You know, it's a family trait. Thanks, Aunt May. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the other side of the family. (laughs) But no, seriously, it's, um, I think it's less about, about the crying. It's less about the tears. It's more about letting yourself be open and honest and vulnerable with yourself. Oh, that's so good. Just being honest with yourself about how you feel and acknowledging that. 
because the tears aren't actually doing anything for you. Like you said, I mean, you, what are you looking forward to? A headache at the end. I mean, really? Yeah. So I, it's kind of like a pressure cooker. You need to let <laughs> off the steam a little bit here and there or it's going to blow up. Man, and you let it out every day. Well, I got, I'm dealing with some things. <laughs> so, yeah. But that, no, I mean, I look at that as like a healthy, good thing. I mean, maybe you look at it as like, really, again? Well, but it, it can be annoying, you know, especially when you don't carry mascara with you. <laughs> but, um, no, it, it depends on the situation. And that's another thing, too. If you find that you're crying at times where it would not necessarily be appropriate, <laughs> and and I hate to I mean if you're if you're feeling something you're feeling something you know true but again that kind of comes back into are you coping in a healthy way are you able to compartmentalize to the point where you're not in denial but you're able to set it aside and at least make it out to your car for example and before you let let things go um we had talked a little bit about my father passing away mm-hmm. two days after my wedding yes I was um he wasn't at the wedding he was actually in a coma at that point so I I we knew it was coming and we decided that we were gonna literally hike out to the end of a trail and get married anyway um because and specifically because that had been our plan and life has to move forward that's why we did that I know um I I cannot even begin to say how amazing my husband was through all of that situation. Definitely. I mean, that's enough to scare somebody away for sure. And he just kept... He didn't bat an eye. He didn't bat an eye. He just just wanted to... Yeah. I mean, he would have waited if I had said I needed to. Mm -hmm. He would have completely understood. But, you know, you have to... Sometimes you have to just put certain things aside and enjoy that moment. Yep. You really do. And and I think with the crying, not crying, you know, sometimes you need to let it out. However it is for you that you let it out, that it's a healthy kind of coping. Definitely. Kate, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being a part of this with me. I, I learned so much and I talk to you almost every day. So the fact that we could talk this raw and real and just get down to the nitty gritty of the questions that I had for you instead of just talking about our day, which is <laughs> what we end up doing when we talk. Um, I learned so much. So thank you. And I know so many people are probably going to learn a lot too, if they listen in. Um, so thank you. And congratulations on the baby. Thank I you. cannot wait to meet the little one and figure out if it's a boy or girl, <laughs> but we'll I'm find so out. excited soon. Thank you, love. Thank you.